Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a glorious podcast today, a glorious one. The Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. It is a glorious day, guys. I am your host, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me, Cameron Fields. Cam, tell them why today is a glorious day. Man, the NBA is coming back. Say it again. The NBA is coming back, Kai, man. Starting July 31st, NBA will be back eight regular season games for all of the 22 teams invited to Orlando. Yes, sir. The league is coming back. Now, today, guys, we have a very special, special edition because we're joined by two of my favorite people in the entire world. First of all, we have the editor of our NetSwire site on again. For some reason, I don't like his red hoodie that he's wearing right now. For some reason, it's throwing me off. My guy, Nick Fryer. Nick, what's going on, bro? I'm good. I, I'm not. I don't know why I'm getting hate early on like this, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I got nothing but love for for you guys. So you know, no no hatred today for me. I don't know about all that. I don't, just you're gonna you're gonna get some type <laughs> of a mark in there at some point. No, no, no. I think I'm good. I'm gonna keep it. You know, as we're just stick to the book today, right? <laughs> <laughs> we also have the editor of our Celtics Fire site for the first time on with us, Justin Quinn. Justin, what's going on, my guy? I'm very full of Mexican food. That is good. Listen, I'm I'm with it. I had some Royal Farms earlier, so like I, I don't know if you guys know what that is, Royal but it's Farm. like what is Royal Farms is like fast food fried chicken. So like I can't front. I'm kind of like I kind of pump myself full of like saturated fats. So like I'm just kind of uh, like yeah, it's a little rough right now. Did you but, have that after you hooped or before? Oof, uh, you hooped well, too. Oh God. <laughs> listen, before, but I still got buckets because that's what I do. I'm a bucket getter. So. Yeah, a bucket of fried chicken. I'm a bucket getter. That's all that happens. That's all that matters. All that matters. All that matters. Guys, we're going to dive right into it. As Cam mentioned earlier, the reason why today is a glorious podcast today is because the NBA is coming back. The, uh, the NBA is going to present a plan to return to basketball starting July 31st to the Board of Governors tomorrow, June 4th. And it is expected that the, uh, the Board of Governors will ratify it into, you know, official uh movement tomorrow so guys we have hoops which means all of our teams well except for the cleveland cavaliers they're out all of our teams are officially in it <laughs> that we cover so nick the brooklyn nets are going to be heading to the playoffs justin boston could be headed was going to be heading to the playoffs Philadelphia's going to be heading to the playoffs now justin i'm going to kind of start with you and nick and cam you guys can be chiming in here as well but justin Philadelphia and Boston, well, there's a chance that they could match up in the playoffs despite the plan to play eight regular season games before the playoffs begin. Uh, what are your thoughts on a Sixers-Celtics playoff matchup? Um, we don't want it. <laughs> I don't know anyone who wants that matchup. Uh, whatever, whatever has happened over the last couple of years, this year uh, the 76 have the Celtics number. And even though we started to look pretty good – I say we as if I'm on the Celtics um, – they have been playing better against them more recently, uh, increasingly as the season went on. I think a lot of that, at least, was due to the fact that the 76ers were really getting run down, uh, and they've had some rest. So, you know, we don't really want to have that matchup. Now, we will be playing for our last game, Miami, who is, I think, two games ahead of you in the standings and a tie with Indiana last time I checked. So that may, depending on how things shake out, it's kind of you know too early for eight games, but it may give Boston the opportunity it needs to throw that matchup if it's looking like it's coming with a win. 
So we might see a really ugly lineup or series of lineups in the final game of the season for the Celtics, depending on what we see in the standings. And if we're looking at facing you, I would not be surprised if that happens. Nick, I'm trying to tell you, man, that the, the Sixers are a team Celtics do not want to see in the playoffs. They don't want to look, see. Look, God, you're unbelievable. Um, the, the look, they've had they've had the rest, which definitely helps out the Sixers significantly with Embiid and Simmons. But Kemba Walker's also going to be True. much healthier now with his knee and everything. You would hope that Hayward. I know he's made of glass, but you would hope that his you know foot's not as much of an issue right now. So then. You're, that's going to put things on a different level. And then Jason Tatum, too. I mean, he was trending in the right direction. So Doc may not want to see see this matchup. I'm all about it. I want to see it all day because I want to see you eat, see you eat freaking crow because you were saying from, from the, when I had you on five out, you've been saying that, oh, there's no way. Oh, the, the Celtics are done. I'm not worried about the, the, the Celtics at all if the Sixers face them in, in the postseason. I'd love to see that because I think it would be a knockdown, dragout first-round matchup that – we're, you know, maybe we'll see it with the Heat and whoever they play, but I, I, I think it, that would be the best, at least Eastern Conference series we're going to get. Cam and I have gone back and forth with this um, throughout these podcasts that we've done so far, and I've always said Philly in five. Cam thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> That's a you seven, are. Series. It's a seven-game series, maybe six-game series. It could go either way, really. It's really, a six or seven-game series. It's going to come down to who is, who's shooting. Well, because if, if Boston can't connect from beyond the arc, that series is going to be over pretty quick. And, you know, if Embiid is out of shape, it's going to be over pretty yep. quick. Yep. Cam, Sixers and five, right? Not at all, Kai. I don't know where you're getting this from. Okay. I mean, the Celtics, look, the best wings in the league, one of the most productive offenses in the league when they really have everyone healthy. Jalen Brown having a career year. Yeah, Gordon Hayward, he's been off and on. Kimba, he's had the, he had the knee soreness before uh, the league shut down. But Boston, if, if that is going to be the matchup now, it might not be. Like, you know, because these eight regular season games could get relatively interesting. It'd be like, okay, how is this seeding going to work, uh, depending on how it comes out after the eight uh, regular season games. But if that is the matchup, then I've got – Boston and six. Boston and six. I just I don't see how Boston handles Joel Embiid and Al Horford for seven games. Uh, easy. Joel Embiid's eating out of the same bucket of chicken or whatever it is that you're eating out of. <laughs> I'm sorry, I lied. I couldn't. I couldn't help it. God damn it. I was just saying, Joel Embiid. Uh, last time I saw Joel Embiid, he was in the gym at the Sixers practice facility in Camden, New Jersey. So I'm just saying he's in there working out. Now, is he running? Question. Is he running? That is the thing. I don't care what he's lifting. What is he doing for his cardiovascular system? His cardiovascular system. Damn, Justin went with the full like med- like medical term on it. He's okay. a doctor. He is a doctor. Not that kind. He is a doctor. <laughs> We're gonna we gotta call him the doc for that reason. So, but the reason why I just I, I really can't see how Boston handles the big guys. I just I don't. Are you gonna tell me he's that? That Ennis Canner is gonna be Ennis Canner is gonna all of a sudden like defend Joel Embiid and and turn into like the next coming of Ben Wallace. I mean, come on. Ennis Canner like, is not just a turnstile. Okay, yeah, he's not yes, like he terrible. Okay, he's not terrible. I mean, yeah, he's not good at defense, but he's not a turnstile. Come on, guy. I, I think Ennis Canner. Ennis Kanner is like the equivalent of like Michael Oluwakandi on defense. I'm just saying. 
Like, like oh. he, Ennis Kanter is a very good offensive rebounder. He's a very good offensive player overall. But if we're talking defense, the guy's allergic to it. He can't play it. It's going to be Tice primarily, I think, and the idea is going to be to yeah, run off the and floor. I, and look, okay, Embiid, I don't know why we're acting like Embiid was eating anyway this season. Embiid was having a down year. Embiid was eating against Boston, though. I don't expect Embiid to do very game. well, to be honest. Embiid, Embiid's numbers against Boston, I believe, were pretty good, though. Like, I, I'm actually going to, like, double-check them right now and, and look them up. But Well, here's the other thing, too, Kai. I mean, there, I get it. You can only do so much game planning for the NBA. We're not talking, like, football here. But this is months away, and I'm sure the Celtics, like everybody else, were planning for certain scenarios, right? So they were looking at um, – they're of course, they're looking at the Sixers because if they did the 16-team re- reseeding or they did the normal style, it looked mm-hmm. – like, and, 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 and they didn't play postseason. It's like, all right, we're probably going to play the Sixers. So right. I'm sure there will be some level of coaching involved in preparation for everything. I would think Brad Stevens, maybe like 100 times out of 100, he's going to outcoach Brett Brown. That just may be me. I don't know. Listen, I'm going to give you 99 out of 100, okay? okay I'm right. give you, we have to give Brett Brown the benefit yeah. of the doubt here, Nick. Come on now. We need to give him just a little bit, a little bit. But I hear what you're saying because Brad Stevens has coached circles around, um, you know, Brett Brown in the past. Now, the reason why, though, the, the reason why is because, for me, the playoffs slow down and – I feel like Philadelphia is more equipped to play a slow down playoff style type of grind type of game, which is what something that Elton Brand and Brett really have been preaching. They've been preaching it for the past, I don't know, five months. We're built for the playoffs. 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 I think I've heard we're built for the playoffs as much as I've heard trust the process over the past couple of months. It's like, it's been the same. That's what I've been heard. We're built for the playoffs. So now they're going to get their chance. Like, 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 let's see if Al and Joe are, you know, built for the playoffs and let's see if they can work it out. But I, I know what Justin's saying. I know what you guys are saying is going to come down to shooting. But if you really want to kind of like, if we can talk about perimeter defenders, Ben Simmons is one of the best defenders in, in the NBA. I mean, if we can, you know, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. So you can put Ben Simmons on a guy like Tatum. You'll probably put Josh Richardson on who isn't a slash defensively himself. You can put him on Kemba. And then Tobias, who Tobias Harris, who's actually improved his defense along the way, you can put him on Jalen Brown, and then you worry about Hayward from there. So, look, Jalen Brown's going to be the X factor if that is a series. He's going to be the X factor. It's going to be Shake Milton. Oh, okay. mm. yes, Bruce Bowen light, right? Bruce Bowen like <laughs> Shake <laughs> Milton works. Shake Milton, because you know, because you know, Brett Brown has to, he has to uh, compare every Sixer to you know his first days. So Shake, yeah. Milton, Shake Milton got the. Uh, I don't see how you look at that and those three guys. I get, I get what I obviously Ben Simmons is a good defender and everything. I understand that, but you look at all those three guys and like, boom, they're just going to lock down never, two All Stars oh, and Jalen Brown, who's a fringe All Star, like it's nothing. I mean, no, co- absolutely co- not. Of course not, because we're, because those those three guys that we just mentioned, Kemba Walker is. Is, is, as you mentioned, an all-star. He's probably a top 10 point guard, like, for sure. And then Jason – Probably? Probably, guy? There's no doubt about that guy. Yeah. Come on, dude. I mean, so we got Kyrie. We got, yeah. We got, well, I mean, Kyrie, when he's healthy, I couldn't believe that Bleacher Report list where Kyrie was put number five point guard for this season. He played in 20 games. Oh, I know. I saw that. I saw That's that, too. I was like, oof. Ridiculous. Kyrie got ranked fifth? Really? After playing 20 games? Come on. Bleacher Report. Does that, I, don't, I don't get them. 
at all. I don't understand it whatsoever. But, I mean, for all the good that Ben Simmons brings on offense, I mean, has he gotten a lot – correct me if I'm wrong, can he shoot three-pointers now? I'm not certain. He's made two of them. In practice. He's made oh. two of them. Oh, okay. My bad, guys. Sorry, I shouldn't have asked. My bad. I feel like such an idiot. Oh, God. <laughs> He's so, made two of them. Yeah. Oh, great. Awesome. Oh, my God. This is what happens when you get four USA Today, you know, writers in a room. This is us. We just crack jokes on each other the whole time. This is bad. So, the point, the point is, though, I mean, Kemba's numbers this year against Philly have been not great. They were great last year with Charlotte because he was being defended by, you know, J.J. Redick, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a, good, a good majority of the time. J.J., now that's a turnstile. Exactly. Yes. J.J. Redick is a turnstile. So, again, Kemba cooked him. J.J. Mm-hmm. Redick is a terrific outside shooter, one of the best the game has ever seen, but not a defender. And Kemba but cooked when, him. When you hear – See, when you hear uh, we're built for the postseason, you think of trust the process. When I hear we're built for the postseason and Al Horford's involved, I can't help but think of the last team that he was on when they were like, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't matter. And then they got smacked by the Bucks in the second round. You know what? You know what? what? I actually have a question for you guys because that brings up an interesting question. A lot of people have kind of felt Celtic, like last year's Celtics vibes with this year's Sixers. Hmm. Can you can can can, can any of you say that? Yeah, you can say that with the jazz. I mean, and but like to a certain extent. Yeah. But like a lot of people were like, you know what? Philly's probably gonna go all the way. They said the same thing about Boston last year. The regular season doesn't matter. We'll go away to the playoffs. And it hasn't exactly worked out, you know, with the Sixers so far this year. I don't, I'm not saying I blame Al Horford at all. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. But <laughs> I, I, I think, but I'm not, I'm not absolving him of blame either. But I do think it's very odd that it's happened with the two teams that he's played on in back to back years in different cities with totally different groups. That is strange to me. I'll be honest, I put a lot, I put a lot of blame on Elton Brand. That's exactly oh. what I was going to say. Bad GM decisions when he was in Boston, they constructed a team to cater to the interest of Kyrie, and we saw how that ended up turning out. Um, it was understandable, given the situation they were dealt, but, I mean, I see kind of a similar situation where they thought that, you know, if we can't beat them, join them, let's get the person who did the best job locking up the primary obstacle we think we're going to have getting to the finals, and that's great for the playoffs, and, you know, he is built for the playoffs in that, that sense. That's his job, really, on this team. Um, but there's a lot of other games beforehand and the, the issue of morale and, you know, maintaining and having everybody happy with their roles throughout the 82 game regular season. It's a whole different story. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, like that, like, that's why I believe Philly's more equipped to kind of handle a team like Boston just because of the size. But what really what would concern me if I'm a Sixers fan is if they end up playing Miami, like I just, Miami just scares me, like scares me, like, like, if I were a Sixer fan, that would scare me a lot more than Boston. Just, just because, again, though, Eric Spolstra coaches absolute circles. Mm-hmm. I mean, but Spo coaches circles around pretty much anyone, though. Spo is the top five coach in the league. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, like Eric Spolstra is a terrific head coach. And just like Brad Stevens is a terrific head coach. But, like, again, like, like what concerns me about Miami, Miami employs the zone – and I think Justin alluded to it earlier. Philly doesn't have the shooting to really break a zone. And you can break a zone without shooting by back cutting, too. Yeah, but 
the Sixers don't understand that. So <laughs> they don't they don't understand if that. He was a good passer. They could run him in the middle, and Embiid's not a good passer. They had someone like Jokic. Now that now that's a different story. Embiid is a willing passer, but he's not necessarily like not like, a, like a good one. Yeah, like so. I mean, yeah, you can pass all you want, but are you good at it? And also another one kind is of important. Uh, and another one is Embiid and Simmons are two guys who turn the ball over a lot. And like as talented as, as talented as those two guys are, they will turn the ball over sometimes at an alarming rate. I think there was one game against the Wizards this year back in December. Simmons had like nine turnovers and Embiid had like seven against Washington. Then we'll have the ball way too much. That's why they need to get him off the ball more. Right. And Cam, I think I think you wrote on it off and off the weekend. And that's why I do believe now I do believe that they will move Al Horford to the bench and they are going to move Shake Milton in the starting lineup permanently because Milton did play point guard at SMU. He, he filled in pretty damn well for Simmons when he was hurt before the uh, the league suspension. And honestly, I feel like Shake Milton uh, in his Bruce Bowen type of way earned the trust of Brett Brown. So I, I believe that I believe that they're gonna move out to the bench permanently. So I have a question for you actually. Now you mentioned being, you know, nervous about Miami, but the chances of you actually facing them are pretty slim because if the math I saw was correct, Boston would have to go fifty percent of like fifty percent of its wins for the rest of the the regular season, four four for the rest of the regular season. And then the Heat would have to go seven and one with one of the hardest remaining schedules left in the league to be able to leapfrog Boston and be in a position for that. Um, it seems to me that you are much more likely, if anything, to end up facing somebody like Toronto. No. No. Because Philadelphia and Indiana are tied for the five seed. So it was, it was like if Philly, if Philly moves up to five, Boston's probably going to stay at three because, Justin, like you said, Miami's probably not going to leapfrog Boston. Uh, yeah, 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 okay. So you have the four-five matchup. So if Philly, Philly were to just move up, like I think Boston against Indiana, honestly, Boston, Indiana kind of does intrigue me with a healthy Oladipo because that's scary. That, that's something I kind of thought about Nick and Justin. Think about that. Oladipo kind of like, yeah, Oladipo. He's not a, but that's not a healthy Oladipo. It's the same. I, I've right. been saying it since like the, the rumblings of him right. come, first coming back. Like uh, what was it back in November or whatever it was. He, like he's, it's the same thing as Paul George. It's the same thing as, as Gordon Hayward. I understand the different injuries, but you're, it, is a, it was a rough injury. You had to rehab for a while off it, and then you have to get your confidence back. So there's a whole – it's all layered. I've said it for a while. Like this year's Oladipo, yeah, he may be good, and he may lift the Pacers up a little bit, but they're not at all what they're going to be next year. Next year, they'll be a friggin' problem. But this year, if the Celtics get them, that, I mean, that's going to be a cakewalk. It's just Maybe yeah, not just as much as last year, but close. Yeah. I'd say that's five if that's the series. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, like the way the way I see it is though, because like Oladipo, he played. I think how many games did he play? Like a hand, like at least double digits. Like before the league, the league got uh, suspended again. So, he wasn't doing that great, but he wasn't terrible. It really depends on whether this extra time to heal actually contributed anything to his situation. Right, that's the big question for Indiana. Now for Philadelphia, I believe over their next eight games, they their first game is going to be against Indiana. So the, the reason why the Pacers are the five right now and Philly's a six is because Indiana holds a 2-1 lead on them. And Philly had this last game with them at home where the Sixers are the best home team in the NBA. 
but they're like the worst road team in the league for some strange reason. I do not understand it. So, wait, Kai, Kai, I have a question. So, what if they – so, say the Sixers win that game, they split the season series, and then say by some, you know, miraculous mathematical reason, they end up having the same record still after eight games. What happens? I believe the tiebreaker goes to home record, doesn't it? Or does that go to – or does that go to Eastern Conference record? Like conference. Oh God, record? the dark arts. I can't remember. The dark arts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, after the after the basic tiebreakers, I, I it's real confusing. I would have to check. I can't see off the top of my head. Yeah, because I know the tiebreaker. It goes to at first. It goes head-to-head matchups, and then right. I believe I believe if they split it, I believe it either go it either goes to the better the better home record or the better, the better division team. record. I want to say or the better division is a division record. Could be the division record. That's either the, the next or the one after. I can't remember. It would at okay. least give the division some usefulness. Yeah. yeah honestly, that's, that's, it. that's really it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't understand like divisional play in the NBA. I it's don't. It's just travel. It's really all it comes down to. But Oladipo played in like it was thirteen games, and his numbers are down. And yeah, he may be feeling better, guys. But I'm telling you, it's 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 just as much a mental thing for him right now. And he's only going to get that with reps. This, this time off. I would imagine did was like a neutral thing for him. Maybe, I mean, maybe even a negative. I, I just don't see how we, he's still going to have doubts and everything because it's every way you move, who knows what the hell is going to happen. Right. It's definitely going to be interesting to see, though, because Indiana, to me, like with a healthy Oladipo, and, and Nick, you talked about it like for next year. Like for yeah. me, I, 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 I always considered Indiana kind of like a dark horse. Like, like, yes. like just to kind of like, you know, fit their way into it. You don't really see the Pacers coming. And then randomly Malcolm Brogdon's hitting like four threes in your face. And then you got Oladipo and Miles Turner playing well. They're going to be a tough team. They're, I've said it all like since the beginning of the year. They're not going to be a problem this year whatsoever. There's no – I would be stunned this year if that happened, if somehow Oladipo comes back and he's fine. I, it, it, the, off of this, uh, this hiatus, there's no way. Next year, though, they will create issues for sure with – yeah, when everybody's healthy. Now, I want to move on to Brooklyn real quick because – uh, in our last podcast, Cam and I actually had Michael Scotto on uh, from Bleacher Report and the Associated Press. He covers uh, the Nets over there. Nick, you cover the Nets for us. Now, Michael said, Katie and Kyrie playing? So for, for, for the Nets this year, they were probably, at this moment in time, they will be playing the defending champs. They'd be playing Toronto. So what do you do there? Like, like, like for Brooklyn, I mean, do you, you, you try to see what Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert and Joe Harris can do for you? I would think they just try and play them out and hope for the best, and they'll probably be expecting the worst in all of it. Because you, I don't know how in a, in a seven-game series they, ha- they stand a chance without Kyrie and KD. And I think, I think Skoda's right, too, especially with the Kyrie part. The Kevin Durant thing, I thought there was a chance because I, I remember Ian Eagle kind of – laid out something that I thought was important. If he doesn't play now and then they're going to have this season pushed back so far, I mean, the game seven right is going to be in on October 12th that they have it. Well, that means that Kevin Durant's not playing till something like January. So it's a huge, ridiculous layoff for him. Kyrie, I get it. His, he had a surgery. He wasn't expected to be back till September anyways. So that makes sense. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, the other thing is too, the Nets are not a lock to make it, guys. True. I was actually writing about this. They are six games up on the Wizards. Now they're a lock. They're pretty much a lock to be at least the eight seed. However, there's the what? There's the play-in, Kai. There's the play-in round. Wizards? Are we really worried about the Wizards? I, I mean, to be honest, I kind of would be though. It's a play-in game, dude. 
It's Spencer a plane. Turns I mean, his shit ankle. can happen. Spencer, Spencer turns his ankle. Then what? So, so we're worried about Bradley Beal and the pips? Is, is that what we're worried about right now? Dude, it's, I mean, I'm saying mathematically they are not – it's not like everybody else. They are not a lock right now. They're a playing game, dude, one game. Yeah. One game. If it comes down to Orlando and Washington in that play-in, I don't think Orlando beats them. What? I don't okay. think I'm not a I'm not an Orlando believer. I'm not mm-hmm. either. I mean, listen, I'm not an Orlando fan either. I, I'm not an Orlando fan either. I think Orlando is, you know, meh. There's nothing about the magic that impressed me outside of Jonathan Isaac. But if we look at Washington and it's Bradley Beal and Ish Smith, Ish Smith. The leader oh, of the process. The number two score in the league. We're talking about Ish Smith, the leader of the process. Like if we're talking about like strictly, Ish Smith came to the Sixers when they were one and thirty, back in 2015-16. That team started one and thirty. Can't hoop though. I think hey. we all agree you're right, but I mean, all it takes is just one cold day from one of your your, your better offensive players and one hot day on another team. That's a one yeah, game look. thing. If I'm putting money on it, yeah, I'm putting the Nets over the, the Wizards without a doubt in my mind. I can't necessarily say the same about the Magic, even though they were separated by half a game with the Nets. But mathematically, it is not like, – it could happen. That That's the one thing that's weird about the way the Eastern Conference is. You have one team that's getting an invite, whereas in the West, five teams are getting invited. So shit could hit the fan five different ways. Not in this case. So it's it's gonna like in with this with Spencer Dinwiddie too. As much as like you have him, you have Levert and, and Joe Harris and all these guys, they were hot at one point and then they got ice cold too because they broke down. And I understand that they're going to be healthy and that's not the issue, but they've had a layoff. Weirder things have happened. That's all I'm saying because weirder things have happened in the last like five weeks or three weeks, whatever. Everything is weird. Twenty four hours. <laughs> honestly honestly i've never seen anything move as fast as you know this over the past like two three weeks so you're not wrong nick you're not wrong and and honestly i honestly i love the the uh the ncaa like kind of format that we got right now like with that play-in tournament mm-hmm. but at the same time though like like if i'm brooklyn i mean i'm not afraid of thomas bryant or you know the the rookie uh rui ashimura who i like but like I mean, just kind of stop Bradley Beal. You'll be fine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just stop Bradley Beal. You'll be fine. Like I would have, I would have dismissed the Wizards, man. I mean, you got Dallas Cameron. Bertans. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I do, Cam. No, you Bradley don't. Beal. Yeah, I swear to God. Okay, you got Rui Hachimura. I mean, that look, that is an okay team, and oh. they'll be and John Wall. He'll be coming back next season. Yeah, next That's season, not be, this year. That's going to be a nice team. Listen, I'm a John Wall stan. Like, I will stand for John Wall. Hmm. But there, there's no way that he's going to come back and be the same player he once was. His okay, game I, is mean, pretty- yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying all that. But okay, look, okay. you might have, like, Bradley Bill be like, okay, I'm the man now. Oh, he before is. It was like they were taking <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before, it was like they were taking turns. But now it's probably going to be like, John Wall is the number two. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, we're we're really sitting here talking about the Wizards. And they're gonna have the Latvian. They have the Latvian laser too. Oh my God! Like, man, God is straight up disrespecting Washington right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. A lot of tough talk coming from a guy who grew up watching the Pistons. One oh, good God. year, and he can talk shit. They won. They went. First, excuse me. They made the Eastern Conference Finals six years in a row. First of all, I think you, you need to show some type of respect uh, there. The only other team to do that was the Showtime Lakers. Only other team to do that. So, 
Respect. And you know what's weird is in, in, in before we both got into the field, both your team and my team had the same amount of rings from in our lifetime. Ooh. This Ooh. is true. One each. This mm-hmm. is true. But As the obligatory Celtics comment, I have to point out the 1960s prove that assertion incorrect about the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes. Thank you, Justin. Oh, I was oh my God. Thank yeah. you. The 60s squad. You know why? Yeah. You know what? It was because they were the first team to do it since the Showtime Lakers. Not the only one. They were the first time to do it since the Showtime Lakers. I got my wording wrong. Thank you for correcting me, Justin. I had to. I get get skewered if I didn't. I'd be pissed if I forgot about that, that too. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, come on, Nick. You live in Boston. Come on, bro. I mean, none of us were alive then, even my old ass. No, but I be I, I always am preaching how you know uh, Bill Russell is the greatest champion in uh, team sports of all time. Period. I'll agree with that. So. Like absolutely. But what's crazy though, I've never seen a team milk their championship more than the 08 Celtics. Fair. That's, you're not wrong. You are not wrong, sir. Cam, am I wrong? You're not wrong. It's kind of died down over the years a little bit, in my opinion. But you're not wrong. I mean, the OA championship is why Kendrick Perkins has a job. Look, Perk, Perk was very important for that team, though. He was. Not, he was. He was. I'm talking about his job right now as an NBA analyst because my man's takes be, like, out of line sometimes. That's so. why, well, that's why he has the job. That's that <laughs> it. <laughs> that's exactly you have to have the wild takes out here. You have to. Yeah. Oh, Nets fans do not like Kendrick Perkins. I can tell you really? that. Well, totally out of bounds. Like the James Harden take was not totally out of bounds, though. No, it wasn't because he's so when he said Skinny Harden would would then the Rockets win a title. But I mean, still everything yeah, else. Though, was, uh, Steph Curry with Steph Curry, he was saying that he's better all around. You know what I don't like though is Bleacher Report uh, with their last game of Game of Zones crowning Prince Paul Pierce as the goat. Why? I can't stand it. That's it's the point. actually proven that he's the GOAT. I don't know what you're upset about. Even Kyrie is going to milk that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> that's the whole point. For at least a year. At least uh, a year. A year? He's going to milk that. It's, it's still pinned to his profile on Twitter. For the longest time. For the longest time, this man's going to milk Paul that. Paul still brings up how he, like, balled out after he got hauled off the court. Oh, my God. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. That 08 title team, dude, they milked that so much. Let me ask you something. Do you, have you guys watched Thrones, Game of Thrones, the actual show? No. Except yeah. for the last episode. I will not watch the last episode because everyone tells me how terrible it is and I don't feel like wasting two hours of my life. Okay. Respect. Cam, did you watch I've Thrones? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. do you guys think that Paul Pierce watched Thrones? Because in reality, they just pretty much trolled him. Like, yeah, it's funny because he's, he's called himself the goat. Paul Pierce is the odd. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, every, I don't know. I don't know if he knows that. Maybe he's just leaning into it. I don't, think he, cares. It, I don't, I don't mm. think he cares. He just wants, he just wants to, to be able to rub it in everybody's faces after dealing with everybody, rubbing his really bad takes back in his. I love Paul, don't get me wrong, but we, I think we have to agree that he's only slightly better in terms of takes than, than Kendrick. The away team, man, they milk that title as much as they can. Yeah, to give them as much credit as they do, but you know, they are not as great. Just saying, don't milk that championship. So, we're gonna end off this podcast with this Who is bringing home the 2020 quarantine championship? I'm gonna stick with the team I was picking before the season. I'm going with the Clippers. You talk about a team that's built for the postseason, those guys are. 
Kawhi, PG-13, no doubt. Cam? I'm going with the Lakers uh, just because, I mean, people already been talking about how LeBron had, you know, renewed energy before the season had began, um, you know, last fall. And now it's like, hey, this might be his one chance, like, you know, one last chance possibly to really get a ring. And it's in a unprecedented situation. I think that he'll probably come through along with Anthony Davis and also Contavious Caldwell Pope, Ty's favorite player. And, <laughs> and they'll, uh, they'll win the championship. I mean, he's got that rest. And, you know, if there's anybody who's going to benefit from rest, it's going to be LeBron. So. Contavious Caldwell Pope is a scrub. So. All right. Now you're just talking crazy. Justin, who do you have winning this year, man? Well, I will say that if we can avoid the Sixers, who I do think the Celtics can beat, they have a better chance than ever to advance to the finals. But I think it's going to be very difficult for anyone in the East to get past the Bucs. I'm pretty convinced it's going to be the Bucs, though if I was going to pick a team from the West, the West Coast, I would also go with the Lakers for the same reasons came out lines. I see. I'm rolling with the Clippers for the same reason that, that Nick was talking about. I mean, you got Kawhi, PG-13, and then you got the uh, the, the depth, Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Reggie Jackson. I mean, like, the Clippers are a, are a solid, solid squad. <laughs> see, see, I – no. I trust Reggie Jackson more than Contavious Caldwell Pope. I'm just saying. The coach hey, is overrated, gotta, though, with that 2008 championship. He is. He really is. Tell him again, Justin. Tell him again. I don't believe that, man, because we made two more finals and two injuries had not happened. I think we might very well have a, a three-peat. That's real. That's real. Tell him again, but Justin. Didn't happen, though, so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, What? You need to tell you need to tell them, or I will say on these airwaves, about what you put together of your favorite player during your college, your senior year of college. Oh, oh, yes, okay. Or I will say, or I will say, I will tell the people. Okay, all right. So my senior year of college, before I kind of got into the business and everything, I made a Reggie Jackson highlight mix. Oh my god! And I and yeah. Out of here! And I How many turnovers were in it? I submitted it for a for a class project, and I got an A plus on it because my editing was A one. So that, that that's all I'm gonna say. But it, it is up it on YouTube. Like it really was, yo, Nick. I'm gonna send it, Nick and Justin. I'm gonna send it to you like as soon as we hop off here. All right. But yes, I did in fact make a Reggie Jackson highlight tape for a class project, uh, my senior year. Yes. Dude, I remember when this whole thing started and you were like, you DM me one and I sent you a Kyle Singler highlight reel like that someone did. <laughs> like, this, is all, this is not far off. What the hell are you doing? Listen, this, right, this was Jackson's first full year there when he led the league in fourth quarter scoring. And, right. he, was at, and he was actually healthy for once before all the injuries hit. And Detroit made the playoffs got, that year. So like got one good year and try to be like, oh, I'm nice with it. Like, listen, I'm, I'm going to send you to the highlight tape, and you have to give me your honest opinion on it, okay? 
Okay. I'll give you my opinion on his play and your editing skills. Cam, God bless you for doing this show with him every week. <laughs> Cam loves me. Anyone can have one good year. Like, I just don't understand. Anyone can have a good year. I'm just saying, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson's a baller. I'm just going to leave it out at that. For that, we're going to end it right there. So thank you so much to my guys, Celtics Wire editor Justin Quinn, Nets Wire editor, and my favorite person on the face of the earth, Nick Fryer. And <laughs> actually, no, you're my second favorite person. My real favorite person on the face of the earth is Cameron Fields over there in Cleveland. Cam, my guy, I'll talk to you. I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer.